Hey guys, welcome to episode 76 of Bono Stuff. I'm joined on this episode by Adam Caratini over in Orlando, Florida. He is a, a client of mine for a very long time, and he is uh, making his way through uh, becoming one of the best trainers in the state of Florida, by far, and I'm enjoying seeing his growth. And uh, excited for you guys to check him out. And if you're a strength and conditioning coach, personal trainer, I uh, would absolutely love to hear your thoughts on some of the concepts we talk about. We explore some different programming takes. And uh, if you haven't been watching Peacemaker on HBO, I'm enjoying that one with my wife. And the theme song that you're hearing in the background is uh, it's pretty fun. It's a fun song. The video's fun. Let's have a little fun. Get into the episode. Get 1% better. Talk to you soon. Instrumental. Check us out right here, yo. We are live. Puffy is rapping in the back. Joined by Adam Caratini. And for this special episode, I'm going to let him take over. Uh, Adam was on an episode talking about ADHD. I forget what episode number that was. If y'all want to go check out the archives, it's definitely down there. Uh, really fun episode. One of my most listened to episodes, as I think there's a lot of humans out there who are dealing with ADHD and have brought a lot of good information out. Adam is in Orlando. How you doing over there, my friend, today? I'm good. Weather's nice. It's like low 70s today. Perfect. How about we you? Had, we had ice everywhere. Uh, it was like, it felt like 10 degrees as per the weather app. And uh, it was hard to walk because everywhere it was misty. And then it was 10 degrees. So it was, it was icy. It was, it, was, it was like, it was cool. It was, it was a good adventure. You know, walking the dog just keeps on your on your toes, working agility and things like that, which we're going to talk about some of those different training methodologies today. Absolutely. I, I don't miss that at all, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what Floridians, you're a true Floridian, true warm weather baby. Oh, yeah. All right. So I'm going to hand it over to you. We're going to turn Puffy and Biggie off. Um, and you, uh, or I'll set this guess is, is uh, Adam's kind of going through learn, you know, we're talking about nerding out on programming and, and different ways to deal with different avatars and then how to factor in injury risks and different training concepts. So that's my big overarching kind of intro to this whole topic. And I think I'll just hand it over to you and let you go and rock and roll with it. And then I'm here for you, man. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, we've been looking forward to doing this for a while. Um, I don't know if the listeners know, but you're my coach. You've been my coach for a long time. Um, you're helping heal my hip. Um, and you're probably the person I, my, the first person I go to when I have any of these questions. So um, just wanted to talk through a, a couple avatars and uh, different training styles. Now that I'm exploring different training styles uh, and see your opinion on all that. Let's do it. All right. Let's so first it. we'll talk about the avatars. Um, we're going to have two. One is a 35-year-old male, um, did CrossFit for a while, got injured a couple times, so stopped doing CrossFit and is now looking for what to do next. Um, and he'll be working out at a traditional gym. Then the second avatar is 53-year-old female, looking for weight loss, um, starting the beginning stages of menopause, um, has done yoga in the past, did spin, didn't really stick with any of them, didn't see results, is putting on weight year by year, and is looking for some help. You are the coach. Um, so we're going to just talk about uh, 
some do's and some don'ts and some different training styles and what's appropriate for each of the avatars. Okay. Uh, and I'm just for the listeners, as we go back and forth between the avatars, I'm able to pull it up on the screen here. So I got the first one there, 35 year old male. Uh, if you're listening, cause this will be on audio also, uh, it might be a little harder to keep up, but I'm going to do our best to, to keep you guys, uh, with everything. So go for it, man. I'm just putting the, the avatars up on the screen. All right. Okay. So first question, um, is for the 35 year old male because he got injured. Um, he actually hurt his knee. Um, he still has some lower back pain, just working at high intensity, not some great coaching. And, um, is it okay for him to train through pain and how much pain is too much? And we'll just start there. So the question is how much pain is okay to train through? Yes. For this 35 year old male avatar. All right. So, and, and I'm, uh, because we're talking in generalities and, and all sorts of fun stuff here, uh, just for the sake of, of th these, the disclaimer, legal disclaimer is this is for informational purposes only, all that good stuff. Um, so, uh, A, I'm going to say anytime there's any kind of aches, pains, any good facility should have a bow on staff um, <laughs> who can do an assessment. And again, I can do this all virtually. So, there should never be any pain, uh, you know, and, and, and aches and pains. The, 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 the sentence I'm going to throw out here is listen to the whispers before they become yells. Then we get into the question of some people can train through some pain. I'm dealing with a little finger injury myself here. Uh, and, and so how much of that, how much rock climbing should I do? Should I not rock climb for six weeks or should I put a splint on it and do the best I can to kind of train through that? Um, for general purposes, I'm going to say, A, get assessed by someone who you trust. Uh, B, there are some things that you can train through, but now again, we should take a huge step back when there are aches and pains and try to figure out, especially if he's this specific avatar had been in CrossFit, gotten injured and now left. So the, the, the answer to your question as best I can put it down is, is, uh, he needs to make sure that again, that, that that's getting addressed as much as possible because otherwise he's going to keep getting hurt. Great. Um, I am a 35 year old male that did get injured, uh, doing a clean. Now we're healing my hip from it, but, uh, it was years and years of beating my body up. First assessment that we did in New York, that was probably four years ago. Um, told me to stop training <laughs> and start addressing this and I didn't. Um, and then it got, worse and now we're trying to heal up as best as we can but completely understand what you're saying with that um and it all comes down to assessment you know how bad is it you know every one is completely different right. um, but unless you're getting assessed no one really knows right mm -hmm. and even for myself I'll, I'll bring myself into this i mean again i mentioned my finger injury here uh, I've definitely got some tendon, you know, anger stuff that happens from time to time. I'm able to manage that. And again, if that happens multiple days in a row, or if it's getting past a certain point, I know when I can stop that. And if I'm working with somebody, we need to educate that client patient, uh, as much as possible to figure out, you know, again, how to listen to the whispers before they become yells. Again, if that analogy is not clear enough for anybody that's listen to the little aches and pains 
before they become like serious injuries. So let's let's be very clear on that one. All right. And I that was the only question that didn't have both avatars because we're assuming that um, the fifty three year old female avatar is actually completely healthy, doesn't have any injuries. Um, so the next question is uh, cardio. And this is a question that so many people have. What's best, uh, steady state cardio or HIIT training? Is it mixed modal? Is it cyclical? Um, so I just wanted to know what your take is on that for both avatars. All right, let's take them one at a time. We'll stick with our 35-year-old male. I'm going to keep that up on there. So he was injured, and now he's looking – he just wants to look better. So for somebody who wants to look better, short-term results – and this is – there's a recent uh, – uh, I'll shout out Chasing Excellence, Ben Bergeron's podcast. I know you're a fan as well. Um, they just did like short-term versus long-term success when it comes to uh, what you're looking for, what you're chasing. So when we're talking about wanting to look better, and if that's really where this guy's at, 35-year-old, again, we didn't talk if he's single, if he's looking to, to find a partner, things like that, right? But looking good usually is important for a 35-year-old male um, to some extent. So in that situation, when we're talking about cardio, I'm going to have two takes on this. One take is probably the best thing is to mix in a lot of high-intensity stuff because that's probably going to get us to look better naked faster, and it just needs to be put in there wisely. The second one, though, the other kind of side of that coin where you can still get really good, look, good results and build on your health and look good in the short term, maybe a little bit slower results, but you're still going to get good results that are more consistent and last longer. Uh, I'm going to give credit to Dr. Andy Galpin here, and they had a great podcast that, unfortunately, they stopped doing. I don't remember the name of that podcast right now. But uh, hmm? no, no, he was on Barbell Shrug. Right now, uh, he was he was on there from time to time. He was definitely in that that cycle. No, but they had their own uh, very well put together, uh, just very scientific uh, storytelling kind of kind of thing. Anyway, um, but. One thing that I took away from him is pretty much every human should focus on these this concept every week. And again, this this is basic maintenance and like very generic. Uh, and again, we'll go to our 35-year-old uh, avatar. So have one high-intensity day, and that means like go all out and collapse on the floor at the end of it. You know, traditional CrossFit, if you want to call it that. Um, have a very long, slow endurance-type event whatever that is, cardio, steady state. That was the other way you kind of phrase it, right? Have a set, have that, have both of them in there. Cause now we're talking constantly varied, mm -hmm. uh, you know, mixed modalities. However, we want to talk about that, uh, functional fitness. And then the third one would be kind of in that 20 minute am wrap as many rounds and reps as possible, kind of 80% effort, 75% effort. However, we want to think about that. Um, so having those three in there, and if you hit that every week for a year, you're going to be doing pretty well. Uh, and again, at the end of the day, when it comes to all these questions and, you know, uh, Adam sent me a bunch of these questions in advance. And when we look at each of these concepts, at the end of the day, consistency is really the most important thing to me. All, all things work, right? Every, you know, again, orange theory works to some extent. Um, Zumba works to some extent. They all are going to have plateaus. They're going to have limitations. But if you stay consistent with any kind of movement practice, uh, you know, uh, there, there's just different ways to look at that. So yeah, coming back to it, um, I like those three. And I wanted to shout out another person I follow is Tony Gentlecore, who's one of the top personal trainers in that space. He writes a lot. 
um, on his website and things like that. So he used to be on Breaking Muscle and all these other uh, T Nation, if, if folks are familiar with all that. So, uh, but his, one of his terms that I, I, I love and I'm, I want to steal and give him credit for is uh, the th- you know three sets of 52 or three by 52, which is if you work out pretty good three times a, a week for 52 weeks, that's the whole year. At the end of that year, you're gonna you're gonna be doing pretty well. Um, so whatever that system is, whether it's high intensity interval training, uh, whether it's steady state cardio, uh, there's definitely got to be something there. So, so as long as there's consistency, basically, is, is where we're coming back to it. Yeah, and, uh, and I'll touch on that as well. Um, enjoyment mm. has to fit in there because if we want to do it for a long time, we can't hate what we're doing or we're just yeah. going to stop doing it or burn out. Um, so if it's something that you enjoy and something that brings you joy, um, it, it's probably doesn't necessarily matter as much what you're doing like if you enjoy Orange Theory and you enjoy the community and you enjoy working out with your friends, do it. You know, uh, like it's. I don't think the best training in the world, but you know, it, it, you're still being active, more active than most people. Right. Um. Yeah. So how about for the 53 year old uh, female? So yeah. Again, what's that? <laughs> what's that? We probably should have gave them names, but uh, yeah, we can we can do that at some point. Um, <laughs> would you like to name our fifty-three-year-old right now? Um, Susan. Susan. All right. So Susan, our fifty-three-year-old female. Or, or the question again is, what's better for her: high-intensity interval training versus um, steady, steady state. state cardio? So she's done some spins. She's done some yoga. Spin generally is kind of steady state cardio. So she's already tried that. So if I'm having a conversation with Susan, uh, my encouragement here again is, is if we're choosing between the two, and again, that's a very extreme choice, uh, I would say for her, let's get some high intensity interval training in there where again, by, by I'm just defining that as like you're pushing your limits, you're uncomfortable for a little bit as uh, again, we, we kind of share our connection over James Fitzgerald here in one of his quotes is uh get comfortable with the uncomfortable um so in, at that age 53 we're having we're probably thinking about hormonal issues for susan um we want to start managing some of that and again for sure when now again f- aging female because of the hormonal issues we're thinking of uh osteoporosis bone issues things like that high intensity type work will in fact improve a lot of those concepts between osteoporosis between aging better hormonal implications so the high intensity would be the better of the two in my book um again i I go back to the andy galpin dr andy galpin thing of let's have a little bit of steady state in there for her long-term health but uh the the high intensity thing and the thing with the high intensity thing and this is where crossfit kind of uh again we're both kind of from that crossfit space um for those listening if you're not familiar crossfit preaches on or kind of goes off the fact that if you really address your high intensity interval training, you're actually building your engine long-term. So steady state is not, is not necessarily the thing that you need to be doing all the time. If you want to build the biggest engine that you can. So again, we're talking about a lot of big picture concepts here and uh, trying to synthesize a lot of strength and conditioning type research, exercise physiology into kind of small bite sized nuggets for Susan. Um, So is there, just because of stuff that I have read, if you do too much high intensity, it could release, let's say, cortisol in the body, which stress hormones and can cause more hormonal issues, especially for Susan, 
um, who is probably already going through some hormonal issues, um, would you say that there's a point where there's too much HIIT training? Yep, 100%, yes. That's like there can be the same thing with, with uh, doing steady state too much. You know, we see it with endurance runners, uh, the, sa the same kind of concept. So for sure, uh, any kind of exercise is releasing cortisol and things like that. So yeah, 100% uh, high intensity. That's why, again, when the question is, which of the two is better? She's tried some yoga. She's tried some spin with minimal results. So that's where I'm saying a little bit of that high intensity. Uh, again, everything should be properly dosed for sure. Yeah. We can't just say, go do CrossFit or go do, uh, and you know, people, again, we, I think we were talking about this on another call was, was, uh, you know, people get into Barry's bootcamp or, or whatever thing that's super fun and exciting and they love it. And then they go six times a week and they're not recovering right. And they're not eating right. And they're not sleeping right. And at the end of the day, again, the big thing, taking a huge step back here is the eating right, the sleeping right, the, the breathing exercises are actually going to do more for everyone's health but they're just a lot less sexy. And everyone's like, well, I still want to get my high intensity interval. I want to, I want, or I, I want to go run for an hour um, or, or do a spin class. And like, that's the stuff people care about. But the truth is if they're not doing all the basic stuff, then yeah, what, what are we, we're, we're talking about the wrong stuff to some yep. extent, but for the sake of this conversation where we can keep it here. James Fitzgerald actually talks a lot about that. The, the cortisol trip you know, and, and you just being uh, addicted to the feeling of dying on the floor after a workout, which I was for a really long time. Um, and how that is an issue, you know, people, you'll find addiction in anything, right? So uh, that's just another form of addiction, but it's not necessarily a good relationship with fitness. Um, right. So and that's where I'm just going off of Susan here is pro I'm not worried about her getting there yet. Mm -hmm. And if she does go there, uh, again, if we're working together, I can say, hey, Susan, I noticed like you've been in here six days in a row. Like maybe we need to to check in on, again, sleep, stress, whatever else is going on. So so for sure, that's it. That's a whole nother kind of caveat. Awesome. Um, now we're going to get into some gains, um, some hypertrophy talk, uh, time under tension, tempos, rest, and what's best for both of these avatars. We'll call the male avatar mike so um i've been playing around with different training styles as of recent doing some polyquin work um and i'm just looking at full body resistance so training each part of the body every day let's say three to four times a week so you can get more volume but less stress on the body um, because you're splitting it up over days versus splitting the body up. Let's say Monday, upper body, Tuesday, lower body, Wednesday, you take a day off, Thursday, upper body, Friday, lower body, you take the weekend off. Which do you think would be best for both of these avatars? Can you? Sorry, uh, I'm gonna ask you to talk for like five more seconds while I let my dog into the yeah, room. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So full body resistance is training every pattern, let's say three to four times a week. Versus I'm back, folks, I'm back. <laughs> dog, dog wanted to get in the room, can't argue with the dog. No. Um, so sorry, let's summarize that. Uh, I'll try to summarize based on what I understood. So. We're back to Mike, 35-year-old male, wants to look better, former CrossFit guy, got injured, wants to figure out what's next. And you're asking, 
between the two, we have the two different concepts of full body resistance, which is working functional movement patterns, uh, right? Heavy resistance generally uh, versus more an isolated body split, which we see in a lot of traditional men's health type uh, situations of upper body, uh, whatever, Monday and Thursday, lower body Tuesday and Friday. That's, that's where we're at. So for Mike, um, I think specifically we, I, I think he's, he's because he's done CrossFit, uh, we didn't talk about how long he's done CrossFit and things like that. Maybe he only did it for a couple months, but we're going to assume he's got a little bit more of a training age. And so I, I think the full body is probably better for him. Before we went on this call, again, because we have this avatar and we didn't go too deep into the rabbit hole on it, um, we, we talked about a beginner type athlete and again we're all these avatars are different levels of athlete uh whether again they're they're participating in a sport the sport of life the sport of fitness um so beginner intermediate and advanced are kind of three ways we can look at that so uh, i'll just break it down almost as that because we, we did this a little bit before we went live but beginner person i think the the isolated kind of thing is actually probably a little better uh in some regard um, because they can then, uh, get that exposure, have very, and again, we're, we're talking traditional globo gym type situation, uh, planet fitness or equinoxes or whatever, New York sports club. And because you're doing these very, uh, safe machines, right. You're, you're just kind of getting a good, a decent stimulus. Again, as long as there's some kind of linear progression, um, I literally had a friend not to go too far off the avatar, uh, a friend messaged me a few days ago. Basically, she was just following the same routine every day uh, of this kind of split, uh, but she wasn't increasing the weight, and it was kind of getting easy, which is what's happening. Your body adapts. So there's a, there's a concept called specific adaptations to impose demands, the SAID principle, S-A-I-D. So coming all the way back to Mike, the 35-year-old male, um, he is, I, I, I would say, the full body uh, kind of splits, right? The, so he's doing the movement patterns. That's going to give him more bang for his buck. Uh, if we're then switching over to Susan, the 53-year-old uh, female, Susan, uh, I think, is probably going to benefit. Oh, and Adam is gone. I think he's going to jump back on. He's having some issues. Hey, we got a few folks listening. Um, so we're talking about Susan, uh, and and probably better for her is uh, at the end of the day, I, I want everyone to get to that FBR, uh, the full body resistance. Uh, Adam, you there? Yes, sir. I got kicked All off. Right. For... I'm back. Okay. Welcome back. Uh, so I was saying for Susan, um, I, I think that again, depending on her level of comfort, come again, we didn't really talk about how comfortable these guys are. So one of the things for me, the way I look at clients and when I do assessments is, um, I'm looking at my three C's, uh, I think it's backwards. Is that, which way is the right C it's hard yeah. for me to, my brain doesn't work anyway. Um, so I look at competence in, in the basic movement patterns. So if they, the, the person, the client, Susan, Mike can demonstrate competence in all of these movement patterns. then I think they should move into FBR and we come back to the concept of assessment. If they can demonstrate good competence. Then we go to confidence. And if I'm confident with you loading up some weight with a split stand squat or a lunge pattern, then yeah, we need to go there. And like, that's going to be the best thing for every human, uh, almost every human, depending on goals. But if we're talking about longevity, we're talking about joint health, all these concepts, I think that that competence is, is vital. 
um, and then, sorry, confidence, competence, confidence. And then we go to capacity, which is just let's train this. And you could train that for the rest of your life. So I would definitely get there with Susan. If Susan or Mike came into my door tomorrow, um, I would, based on the assessment, go to that. But if we're talking about them in the world and they happen to be listening and they don't have access to folks like you or I, um, although we are available online, um, <laughs> but if, if they just chose to, uh, or we're talking to the trainer of that person, um, then yeah, again, I think that I, I'd, I want everyone to get to that kind of full body resistance concept. Um, I think the, the appropriate place for splits for me is if you just care about aesthetics and you don't care about joint health as much, cause you're not working full range of motion as much. Um, and, and again, it's, it's kind of limited in what it can do. So when you're talking about hypertrophy, when you're talking about functional bodybuilding, uh, with Marcus Philly and things like that, we're, we're getting into some different concepts there that, um, yeah, it, it, it opens up a lot of cans of worms and tangents. So I'm just going to bring it back to say everyone should do FBR. Love that. Um, recently started playing around with full body resistance. One, it's more efficient. Um, cause you can do a lot of supersets, trisets, different body parts while one body parts resting, you can work another body part. It's just more efficient, getting more work done in a shorter amount of time. Um, and it's just more enjoyable. And, you know, like these long, I, I would do bench press every Monday, like every, everyone else. And I'd have to wait three minutes and look at my phone and then have to do another set. Um, and it just wasn't fun anymore. So definitely brought some, some fire back into training, which is good. Um, I'll just say real quick on that too. I mean, and, and again, we're not here to hype up CrossFit or anything, but just from a functional the term functional, uh, again, goes back to, and I always remember this concept when I was first getting indoctrinated into, into the cult of CrossFit, uh, the guy, Dan Bailey, for anyone who's seen him, he's a pretty Jack dude. Uh, and they did a video of like, you don't do bicep curls cause you have really good biceps. What do you do for biceps? And he's just like, here, let me show you. And he's just doing a bunch of pull-ups yeah. and yeah, at the end of the day, like you're hitting those bigger, more complex muscles and you're burning more fat. And you're being more efficient with your time and you're still getting the results that we're looking for. Again, CrossFitters don't do a lot of sit-ups. Maybe there's some GHD type stuff, but they're not doing those sit-ups to get good looking abs. They're doing, you know, again, it becomes the, the, the quote that I'll give uh, credit to Greg Glassman for. Of, if you chase aesthetics, you rarely catch it. And it's really hard to keep chasing that. But if you chase fitness and have a good definition of fitness, you're going to have aesthetics almost as a side effect. So that, that's something that, um, you know, again, I, I do still stand by and I, I've experienced myself and, and I, I really, uh, you know, again, I, I implement into my philosophy of, of programming and training. Awesome. Um, and that's going to bring me to my next question. And this is actually a question we didn't talk about. Um, but 35 year old male, we're, we both have a crossover background. Um, 35 year old male, would you recommend him jumping back into CrossFit? And would you recommend Susan jumping into CrossFit? Awesome. Good segue. Um, so for the 35 year old male who has an injury history, um, again, I would, I would, I, I, you know, these avatars for me, I, I hate, again, uh, I know you're married too, but, uh, anytime hypotheticals that come up, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I, it frustrates me to all heck. Cause I just like, I'm like, well, just like, give me all the answers. Give me, cause I need a lot of information. Yeah. I'm trying to synthesize all of this information. So, so I'm going to try to answer it the best I can. And sorry, my dog keeps wanting to play ball here. Um, 
so what for him, I don't think I'd want him to go back, especially if he got injured and left. I mean, again, if he tells me I want to get back to it, sure. I'll say totally doable. It totally is reasonable, but you know, I'm not, I'm not going to push him. If he's like, what do you think? Should I get back into CrossFit? Um, I'm going to say, I don't know. But at the end of the day, for me to answer for both of these avatars, I do think CrossFit, we, and, and I know you listened to my, um, podcast I just did on the demand better podcast here, uh, kind of debating with my buddy Corona, who's a personal trainer and has a lot of negative things to say about CrossFit. I still do believe strongly that CrossFit is probably the best generalized fitness and again, generalized physical preparedness program. So for people who want long-term health, I think CrossFit is probably still one of the best answers that we can give them short of one-on-one individual design, um, short of again, or a supplement for that program can be having frequent check-ins with a physical therapist, a doctor of physical therapy who understands the sport, the demands and longevity um, and, and so, and this is why you see a lot of physical therapists or chiropractors setting up in CrossFits and rent space for there. So, because it's a great fitness program, when you fill in those gaps, there's some natural gaps that happen there, um, based on some coaches, not being as high level as possible, um, based on a lot of different things. And again, the program, then no program is perfect. So that's my long ramble on, on that. And go check out my episode of demand better podcast. I did listen to that episode, and I did send you. A yes, you did. After. Um, it's it's hard for me to fully agree, <laughs> in it and it's specifically because I've just seen at this point, I think you were spoiled with a lot of amazing boxes. You know, I met you at Fifth Ave. Yeah, and again, I'll, I'll I'll add in for sure the caveat, and we have a guy who just uh, touched base in the comments who's a CrossFit hater um, as well. But uh, <laughs> but uh, what's up, Kenton? Um, but I, I'll add in yes for sure. The caveat needs to be when we say CrossFit, and this is what my entire entirety of that podcast was: is when you're talking about CrossFit, there's the methodology of CrossFit versus the implementation and yes for sure i've been spoiled with it i'm again in the below one i'm a one percenter um you know a level three coach all these things but kenton you know you hate it he said he says he doesn't he doesn't hate it he just he hated the organization we're gonna put that out publicly that's fine um but yeah there, there's always issues there for sure so yeah to answer that finally um i'm gonna say again i, I would put the caveat of hey go see Bobby at CrossFit Fifth Ave, which does, I don't even know if that exists anymore, but, uh, or, or he's up at home base, I think in Massachusetts now. So go see Bobby, uh, at home base. And I feel confident that if you go there, you're going to have a good experience. And again, he understands these concepts. And if there's ever an injury, an issue, a limitation, I know that he's going to send you back to me or whatever the situation is. So yes, that is for sure. 100% a caveat. I'm not saying everyone should go do any CrossFit anywhere. There is no standardization. There is no, and this is why if you're, if anyone not familiar, Rob Wolf and Greg Everett in 2009 at the black box summit is now this infamous thing where they stood up and they were like, Hey, you guys aren't going to put like any restrictions on this thing. And they were like, Nope, we're going to let it all fly. And they were like, yeah, we're out peace. And uh, that's when they the those guys were like yeah they're they're out and Castro called Greg Everett uh, all sorts of names apparently and uh, 
yeah, anyway, long story short, CrossFit is not for everybody. Uh, however we want to phrase it, there's a lot of nuance and caveats to that conversation. But as a training methodology, I still stand by the definition. What, and again, whatever you think of Greg Glassman and some of his controversial stuff, I'm able to put that to the side um, and say the, the methodology is still, I think, one of the best concepts and ways that we can now move somebody into long-term health, fitness, um, and chase that capacity for a very, very long time. So whether it's Susan or Mike, I think that if they just, if they, and they can follow that program in their garage, they don't have to go to a CrossFit affiliate. They can go to a functional fitness space that probably is doing CrossFit, but again, might even be doing CrossFit better than CrossFit Orlando, or, or I'm going to pick on them. I have one of their shirts somewhere in my, in that closet right there. I got my anyway. Uh -huh. go. uh, but I agree with you as a methodology. Like my favorite thing that happened to CrossFit is when they were almost about to get rid of the sport and they were posting videos of Susan squatting to a couch. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, this is what people need. Like there is training for sport, which is the opposite of training for longevity. And people need right. to understand that. Um, so yeah, I, I, I agree as a methodology. It's sad that it, the methodology isn't necessarily practiced a lot, mainly because people want fast results. People want that cortisol drip. People want the new shiny toy. And as a coach, it's difficult to say no to that person as an owner it's difficult to say no to that person when they're the ones paying your bills. So yep. understand, completely understand. And, I, and, and I'm going to add in this other piece too, with again, that community aspect. And I don't think uh, there's very, there's very few things out there that are as good of a community as what Kenton here's quote is. I made more friends through CrossFit as an adult than I did my entire childhood. Um, yeah. And again, like I can look through my phone right now and, and probably more folks in there are from kind of some version of CrossFit. Um, you know, I still keep in touch with a lot of my high school football buddies and things like that. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a huge component. You mentioned earlier, uh, you know, it's gotta be fun. It's, and, and that community, that accountability, you know, if you're always going to the, whatever, 1130 lunchtime class, and, and then you're not there for a few days, people are like, Hey, where's, where's Adam? Like, what's going Like, so, has anyone heard from Adam? Like what's going on? Um, you know, people care, people start to, to check in on you. So there's, there's a lot of power there for sure. And also just the ability to play. Like I, I didn't play sports growing up. Mm. Um, so I discovered CrossFit when I was 26 years old and I I've never played. So right. learning new skills, developing, I, I would spend four hours a day at, at Fifth Ave mm -hmm. just cause it, it was so fun. And that was right. an aspect of my life that I didn't explore. Um, that I think everyone should explore playing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's again, that's again where the methodology is, is the piece of that where it's learn and play new sports is part of that methodology. And what that turned into from a, you know, you have 15,000 affiliates is we're going to play dodgeball with 20 pound balls. And it's like, that's not, that's not learning and playing new sports, you know? Uh, so yeah, it was, it was carried out poorly in a lot of ways, but yeah, exploring walking on your hands and handstand walks or bear crawls or, wall walks and like all these different things jumping on rings and gymnastics uh at the end of the day again whether it's susan or uh mike our avatars i think that at the end of the day i would definitely encourage them in those situations based on their histories and everything like that there's definitely a way to get them back to crossfit um 
having that conversation though of like what's their screening process what's their coaching like how much how many times did coach bobby come over and and you know give you a cue in that hour if it's anything less than like five then eh, maybe maybe that's not the place for you you know again there's different ways we can we can structure that um those bumpers so to speak uh, around what that is i like it all right we'll move on um next we're just going to talk a little bit about uh specifics around strength training now um and the first one is time under tension um and it's probably something that's just ignored for your typical person going to the gym and they're not understanding uh time under tension and they're on the bench press and they're trying to rep out as many reps as they can at a certain weight um let's say mike you're programming for him and you're writing a prescription and it is his first month so we're looking at progression and so so it's the first week of his program what would his time under tension look like for let's say let's even throw out a specific exercise let's say you prescribe the bench press what would his time under tension look like i very likely would not subscribe or prescribe bench press no say that. Wow. okay uh, Tell me why. Again, it depends on his goals, all that stuff. I, I would just say the majority of my clients, I do not subscribe, subscribe, pre prescribe, prescribe uh, bench press. I don't think it's that useful. I think it, it has a lot of ways I look at stuff is risk versus reward. Um, I don't see it as the most rewarding thing. Again, if he wants to have a good looking pectoral base and chest, and also maybe because I did way too much benching in my high school days. Um, I know Kenton on here listening and he, he's a big, he's a bodybuilding type guy. Um, so if he wants to chime in about bench press, he can certainly, uh, defend or support it or whatever. Um, but even let's say he wanted to do bench press and that was the prescription time under tension for me to come back to your kind of main question. It comes down to two real things and what reasons why I prescribe or don't prescribe it. Um, number one is tendon health. So for me, again, in my assessment and in the history taking, depending on their sport, depending on their training age, and again, we didn't go that deep on Mike the avatar here, but when I look at someone's bicep tendon and I can poke in there, a lot of times, again, if, especially if he's a desk worker and he's a weekend warrior kind of guy, um, you know, the tendons tend to be less than healthy. If I wanted to go really deep, I would get a diagnostic ultrasound and I can look under uh, an actual thing, uh, you know, the, 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 the technology, and I can look at his tendon and say, Hey, your tendon's not that healthy. So if that's the case, then the time under tension becomes our medicine. And that time under tension is what's going to fix the tendon. Now, if, even if he doesn't have an issue for the general population, uh, without assessing somebody, I think that proper dosing of time under tension will improve our tendon health. So tendon health is huge for me. It's one of the things I think as a physical therapist, as a trainer in the fitness space that I love putting together into the right dosages. So for me, that really general, again, uh, kind of time under tension is going to be three seconds down, sorry, four seconds down, three seconds up, whether it's bench press, uh, push-ups, whatever else. And that's something I would say too, is I would much sooner go to a push-up, and if push-ups are too easy, even tempo push-ups are too easy, uh, I want to perfect that because I want to get full-body engagement 
before I go to the bench press. Cause I just, I find this particular pattern is not that useful. Whereas a push up on the floor is something he can do any given time on vacation, all that good stuff. So I think it's a much more powerful pattern. And even with the bench press, I would rather have a neutral grip. That's another caveat to that whole thing since we're mm. talking about bench press. Uh, but again, uh, I would take the push up and do tempo work there for sure. And then I would do it on the rings, which again, OPEX is a huge fan of. Um, and I, I, lo- I loved progressing through uh, playing on the rings and doing that because I feel like that's giving us a lot more joint health. That takes me to the second part of time under tension. And when we're working on time under tension, and again, if you guys have ever done this listening at home, uh, if you go, if you're doing pauses at the bottom, you kind of know how much that can suck, uh, especially with heavy weight and things like that. So now we're building, we're talking about kind of durability, resilience, whatever terms you want to use, anti-fragility. So when we're talking about loading you in certain ways, um, the range of motion and then the the kind of that durability piece are things I would want to do. You mentioned for Mike, we're in that first week of training. So I, w- I don't want to go that heavy. I want to just get him moving, get him exposed to probably lighter things than he's even you know capable of. But I just want to see how he tolerates some of those things. So again, I would definitely want to do some possible pauses at the bottom, whether it's again a push up or a bench press, um, or it's on the rings. What do you what do you want, dog? She's she's freaking out over here. Sorry. So I like doing that range of motion piece where again people aren't used to being at that full depth range of motion. They're used to kind of cheating their way through reps. So I would certainly challenge some positional awareness. I would challenge some of those things where again, especially if we're having that conversation, whether we're in person, whether we're I'm sending someone th- these workouts online. At the end of the day, for me, uh, there's just all these different factors that I'm thinking about of how do I want to incorporate them in. So I don't, as per usual, I don't have an easy, simple answer for you. No, no, and this was that was great information um, for, and I understood four seconds on the way down, three seconds on the way up. So let's say let's say Mike's training age. He's been he did four years of CrossFit, played college football, did weightlifting in high school. So he's, his training age is pretty large, okay. um, but broken up over time, got right. married, hasn't trained in a while, um, and is now trying to get back into it. Um, so I've always played around with, let's say explosive on the way up or maximum two seconds on the way up. Why would we go for three seconds on the way up? Just so I can understand. Sure. Sure. So especially if he has a decent training age, um, especially because you're mentioning it's his first week or so, uh, I, I want to work and build up his capacity and his positional strength and his durability, all these kind of words that we're talking about. When we're getting to explosive type stuff, uh, that to me is a very is a much more advanced and I want to feel really confident with his joint health, with his kind of progression of strength. So the four second, the four and three, the four seconds down, three seconds up comes from a lot of research around tendon health specifically. And again, assuming he's coming into this with uh, already some injuries and things like that. And again, even that, that training age that we added just now of the college career, the, uh, the four years of CrossFit, four years of CrossFit for sure. I'm concerned that he's got some tendon uh, issues because uh, <laughs> it just, it just tends to overload a lot of tendons in a lot of the wrong ways and it doesn't have enough time under tension because it's not sexy. Um, cause it doesn't leave you walking out of there feeling like you necessarily got like the 
intended thing. So there's very few CrossFit gyms that I've seen that do a decent amount of incorporating time under tension, so to speak. So uh, that that's my re- rationale for the four seconds down, three seconds up. I like your concept about kind of working explosive type stuff. And for sure, long term, I want to work that in for him, but it's got to be put in there to me at the right times. So the way I look at, uh, and this is another, I don't, this goes way back to like some, I want to say like 90s uh, strength and conditioning guys um, is, is you, you first want to just make sure what, when you're teaching or learning anything new, uh, any kind of stuff is you just have to show me, you can be in those positions. Then you need to show me, you can move through that pattern. So let's continue with the bench press, right? Can you go and ha- and comfortably have your, you know, thumb into your armpit? And I always, the camera's always backwards here. Uh, but yeah, how, do you have that shoulder extension to even go into that position? Again, most people don't. As a physical therapist, most people have assessed do not. So do you have the position to go through a full range of whatever the exercise that we're talking about is? Then can you move through that position without any resistance? All right. So move, just, just the movement. Can you do that movement and engage kind of the right muscles as best as we can kind of break that down, you know, without any major faults. Uh, and then you can add a little bit of speed. Okay, cool. You know, do it with a broomstick and show me you can do five reps at a good click before we put on 400 pounds or whatever. And then, and only then when you can show me position, movement, speed, so slow movement, speed movement. Now, then finally you've earned the right to put on some, some weight in my kind of book there. You did that with me. Yep. Uh, nine I years do, ago. I, I do that with everyone. <laughs> it's, it's just, 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 it's, the, it's, just the listeners know. I, I walked into fit that for the first time. It was back squat day. Try to load up under the bar, did a half squat with my knees forward. And you said, take the weight off the bar, handed me a PVC pipe. And you said, you're working with this. And I had been training for a while. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, I, and I'm glad you did that because I could have got really severely injured. Yeah. And, and again, like the joke or the, and, and, and this is something that, again, I liked about CrossFit overall, um, is, is, you know, it said, leave your ego at the door. And, and again, like people, and, and we used to joke at the very beginning of CrossFit when it was very like fight club underground, whatever is like, there's an asshole filter that, you know, if you go into a CrossFit and, and the, the coaches are probably at that time, like really listening to, cause there's only so much, so many people out there putting out what CrossFit is, and that's going to include coach Greg Glassman. So, uh, you know, they, they, they were the ones saying like, this needs to be done this way. And there was a higher standard and the further and the more diluted it got, that's what gave it a lot of its negative kind of, you know, and it grew a lot of ways. So a lot of positives and negatives that anyway, this doesn't have to be a CrossFit podcast. Very good. All right. Um, so Susan, Susan, time under tension. Um, yeah, for Susan, again, uh, we, we mentioned earlier, 53 year old female hormonal things going on. Probably, uh, we're looking at bone strength, durability for sure. So when it comes to time under tension, same, again, same thing for me is we, we want to see if she can get those positions, joint health. She might have a little bit more, uh, limitations in joint health. Although if she's done yoga, uh, maybe she's, she's a little bit more flexible in some ways. So again, it's going to depend on some of those factors, but first week time under tension. And again, I don't tend to introduce time under tension too early. I just want to see that they can move through some of these concepts, but then, yeah, if we're going to jump to time under tension early on, um, I, I would probably stick to a very similar kind of, 
uh, 4-3, 3-4, whatever way we want to talk about that. Um, as we move on more to an advanced period again, this, and this, I, you know, when we were talking about, I'd like the explosive components that you're talking about, but at the same time, um, I actually also like uh, these kind of, for, for better health and, and feeling more durable, just like 10 seconds down. And like a legitimate 10 seconds, put a clock in front of you. Don't go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, which some people do. You know, Mrs. that's a bit of an exaggeration, but I've definitely seen people who do 10 second descents in four or five seconds. And I'm mm -hmm. like, eh. but yeah, I when I used to get those, uh, it's a really good way. And and so so for those not familiar, let's let's talk about real simple strength and conditioning concept of eccentrics. So when you're lowering down, you can lower a lot more weight than you can bring back up. So if we're talking about a bench press again, if I, if I put 500 pounds on the bar, uh, I probably can lower it to my chest confidently. Mm -hmm. Like I, you know, I, I probably right now today could not push more than 250 pounds off of my chest. I haven't, again, I don't love bench press. I don't do a lot of bench press. Um, but I still, I still have some versions of it in my body. Um, but again, the eccentric concentric is pretty important to understand and we can break down a lot more muscle and also, again, overload your nervous system with eccentrics. Um, but it's important to understand that, hey, you're just going to lower that down. You're not standing that up. And the, what is, where does that belong? Uh, again, that's a much more advanced kind of concept for me. And, again, I wouldn't give that to Susan. I might give that much sooner to Mike, um, but it wouldn't be in the first week. Uh, but, but, yeah, th that stuff that I would figure out how that fits into his entire kind of uh system there yeah with, with let's say susan um i have a lot of 53 year old females that at the uh gym that i currently work for work for eat the frog and um i do do a lot of negative work um where let's say we're working on the push-up and they can't do a push-up even on their knees we might just slowly lower ourselves down on our knees and then we're peeling ourselves up and we're still working on a negative strength and then just trying to get back to the top of that that uh, movement and i have found it extremely effective for building strength. we have pull-ups um in this week's program and then people are going up to, we have racks where you can actually stand on the rack so they're able to get up to the top of the pull-up bar, slowly lower themselves down, and still work on that strength without working on the concentric portion of the harder concentric portion of that exercise. And they're building strength. Um, yep. Love eccentric work, especially tempo eccentric work. So I like it. I like it. Um, I'll, and I'll add to I'll add to that real quick though. Again, looking being around CrossFit especially for for a number of years, uh, seeing people really focus a little almost too much on that uh the the eccentrics uh i think that again it needs to be as personalized individualized as possible because again some folks are going to plateau very quickly on the eccentrics and and again some of it's neurological just your brain learns that um as much as there's muscle you know actual muscle breaking down and growing uh the eccentrics alone uh we need to factor in and again this goes back to training age and all these other concepts we keep bringing up but to me uh i've just seen people focus a little too much on that and not enough to bring in the concentrics at some point you need to bring in the concentric so for some people uh it might be it might need to be sooner than later basically is what i'm saying yeah and the progression for a negative would be progression so you're doing a eccentric let's say we're talking the push-up 
eccentric, and then at the top, you're doing a plank hold. Um, so we can still work on that core strength, we can still work on that stability, um, and that would be phase two. Then how would you start working the concentric if they don't have the strength to get out of the push-up? Susan. For Susan, if she doesn't have the strength to get out of the push-up, again, I might stay in the eccentric for three weeks. Uh, you know, again, I'm overgeneralizing really simply, but, uh, and then if she's not able, I'll test and how much can you out of that? Okay, if you can't, you're going to go and change the angle. So there's a bunch of different factors and really basic strength and conditioning. Let's go through all the variables you can change to uh, modify any exercise. So it's the angle of the body. So now you could do it at, you know, I'm doing it right now. I'm up against the window and I can do a push up up against the window so I can still work the concentric. But I'm going to have to find the right amount of stimulus and challenge for her. So maybe I need to go to a 45 degree angle for her and have her do push ups there or ring push ups, uh, where again, now she's able to work through a more natural range of motion. So there's all these different ways to factor that in. Again, for Susan, it's going to see what her limitation is and where can we get her to feel confident and feel that progress so she can move forward. Where, again, sometimes the easy answer might be just keep doing eccentrics. Um, but the right answer might, or the better answer, and that's kind of what I think we should always be chasing, right, is the better answer. Um, and what's more appropriate for Susan might be, hey, let's incorporate in some concentric work somewhere and however we can have her feel good about that so that she stays motivated and things like that and that's why i like the idea of hiring someone like you or like me because i've been in group fitness where there's 30 people in a class and i guarantee you that's not happening um they're gonna work eccentric for a very very long time because they have 30 people to get to in an hour um yeah and and, and or 10 minutes <laughs> right and, and and again I'll, like i said a little speaking to my experience there is is the fact that um yeah i see a lot of people get stuck there and and they don't have anyone to individually progress them appropriately and then they never really get maybe they get one pull up or whatever you know that goal that they had but it just doesn't it, it, it it's not the full picture so there's i've just seen a lot of people who unfortunately like either didn't get to their goal or kind of could have gotten a lot further with with their training and there's just it's an incomplete picture and but that's the thing everyone's looking for even kind of what you're doing to me here you're looking for that answer um i appreciate that it's a little more than that we're doing here we're, we're going through an exercise and we're talking about a lot of different variables but uh yeah at the end of the day everyone wants that like what's the one i need what's the, my pull-up program how do i go from zero to one pull-ups there's a bunch of ways we can do that but then again what's the best way um, just like if I'm driving from Orlando to, to Colorado, uh, Denver, Colorado, like if I'm driving in a car, there's a lot of ways you could do that. Uh, but again, there's much more efficient ways to drive, you know? So, uh, that's, that's really the question. I like it. I like it. Um, now we will talk rest, two different kinds of rest. Um, one will be rest between sets, um, week one we're still doing week one for mike and for susan and then overall rest um they let's say for their training week how much rest are they getting that's the okay so <laughs> so number one was in between sets yeah uh so again based on training age for mike uh it depends on hypertrophy like we kind of touched on all these things every one of those things is going to have a different 
amount of rest and whatever he feels comfortable. So if he has, he's, he was a college athlete, he did CrossFit for four years. So if we're building to a one rep max heavy back squat, you know, I might want him to take a good three or four minutes between attempts or even as he's making his way up and that's going to be done over 20 minutes or whatever. So he might take one effort at 225 and then he's going to take three or four minutes before he even goes to the next weight. Um, the, the, basically the more, the higher of an intensity, uh, that the thing is the more rest you need to recover from that so that you can go into the next effort with as much, uh, freshness, if we want to call it that as possible. So, uh, for Susan, again, I would say we're going to probably focus more on, uh, kind of quicker things and we're probably working on much lower intensities initially. Um, and, and so she's probably not going to be at a true, especially if she's relatively new to lifting weights. Um, she's probably not going to be at a true, you know, one rep max anytime soon. So she probably doesn't need as much rest between sets. And then it's just, uh, another part of this question real quick from a personal training or physical therapist standpoint, working with a human is, uh, how are they a fast learner? So this comes back to personality comes back to all these other factors that we're looking at so if it's somebody who after every set we want to be like hey what did you do wrong there we need to have a conversation or is it just like hey like you did this next time do this you know and and so it can be very quick in terms of that or do they need that time to process do they need to go watch the video um of, of what just happened and have a little bit more time so those are things i'm thinking about when it comes to rest in between kind of sets um and again for the most part early on in training uh, we are probably going to go with higher reps and, and like three sets of 10 is the really generic, generic, uh, kind of physical therapy prescription type thing, but, uh, it might be four sets of 12 or whatever it is, just so we're getting that brain learning of the movement pattern. And because it's higher reps, you can't go as heavy. So you're less likely to get injured and you're just getting that exposure and neurological adaptation. So again, it's going to be relatively short rests. And again, maybe we're doing unilateral work. So now I can do 12 reps on my left arm. And again, it's not super taxing. And then I can do 12 reps right into my right arm. And then I might even be able to do, cause we're trying, maybe if we're doing an hour of personal training or whatever, uh, I might even have you be doing, uh, some kind of stretch or mobilization. If we're doing that, I know you want to ask about supersets. That's one of my supersets that I do is cool. We just did a, a couple of shoulder things. And now let's do some like thoracic extension. And while you're there stretching, opening up your chest, undoing all your desk terribleness, um, that's when uh, we're talking and decompressing and talking about the set that we just did and what you should think about on the next set. So it might be, you know, uh, just that co almost constant motion and no real rest. But, you know, it really depends on, on what that day is calling for, what that person's calling for. And just, again, that overall long-term concept. I love what you just said. No, no one's doing that. No one is working mobility intraset. No, I'll give I'll give credit to uh, Aaron Horshig, Squat University. I think I've seen him post about that as well. Um, and Tony Gentlecore, also who I mentioned earlier, those are guys that I've seen incorporate these concepts as well. So, but I I, I do think it needs to get out there for sure a lot more. Um, cause again, it's, you're resting, but you're doing something kind of productive with your rest. Whereas traditionally, I think you mentioned earlier, like in between sets, you get on your phone, you're kind of checking Instagram, whatever you, you lose that mental component of being connected to, to the whole thing as well. So, 
Uh, we can jump to the, the, the weekly kind of concept. And to me, that again, significantly depends on uh, what their cup looks like. So if this is their kind of cup uh, or, you know, metaphorical cup, uh, if their job gets them to that blue line and it's 50% of their stress, uh, then their marriage is a little bit more stressful. Uh, kids are a little more stressful, all that stuff. It's, it's how much can they handle and how much time are they putting into recovery? Because again, we talked about that cortisol drip, uh, high intensity interval training is a stressor and that could be enough to fill up that cup. Um, so at the end of the day, the rest for the whole week needs to be a conversation around how's your sleep? How's your mindset? How's your connection with other humans? So I'm checking in on all these things with my clients. Um, and that virtual uh, platform allows me to do that. And I'd rather have 20 high tier clients who are checking in with me almost every day and are going to get better results. And even if they're only with me for three months or a full year, and then they can kind of move into, you know, whatever other things. Um, I think that that constant contact, and for some people, it's every other day or, or maybe just once a week. But that kind of constant contact, um, I think, goes a long way to tell us, hey, like you had a you had a not so great day and not everyone's going to get a whoop, um, which, again, can tell me I had my booster the other day. So uh, my physical recovery score was in orange, uh, which is not great, which so, so I chose not to work out uh, after having my booster. Go figure. Um, crazy stuff. So, yeah, I did go rock climbing today, even though it was orange. And rock climbing for me is one, even despite this, uh, rock climbing for me is one of those things that, again, it's a, it's like a light, I, I think of it as like a five out of 10 uh, yeah. RPE rate of perceived exertion. Although there's there's some hard stuff, but my heart rate is, you know, gets up in, in, a little bit over 100, um, maybe 120 on certain climbs that are a little harder. There's definitely parts where I'm like, oh, I'm going to challenge myself and I'm doing all sorts of crazy moves and things like that. But yeah, come back to it um, for both of our avatars weekly rest is going to come back to what they can handle um and and what the rest of their life looks like which we didn't really go into but you know those things are definitely need need to be factored in what their time availability is again i've i can think of you know five clients i'm working with right now that just have all sorts of job stresses including the guy on the other end of this call right now uh who you know last week we tried to get this call done and then all sort you know a couple of coaches came down with covid or whatever and so like yeah maybe and he was like I, I can't get to this 20 minute workout i'm like it's all right like you know it's it's okay so when it comes to rest again it's it's better to i i will always prioritize sleep better sleep better nutrition better stress uh relieving whether that's jumping in the sauna whether that's having a uh chilled out walk with your dog or whatever it is um to getting in the gym and feeling like you need to you know get your 20 minutes of high intensity training in or, or heavy lifting so we're going to have a whole other episode on basic lifestyle guidelines and mm -hmm. the other 23 hours of the day. Yes. That, the, but it, talking about stress and the stress bucket and all that, that we can go for hours on that. <laughs> and, um, but all, how all that stuff is just more important than, you know, the one hour that you're spending in the gym. And if you can get that stuff right, you might not have to even spend as much time in the gym. Right. Right. Yeah. And again, look, you know, the, the basic ways to look at uh, human movement, human performance, uh, physical, everything, you know, people tell me what's the fastest way to lose 10 pounds or people ask me what's the fastest way to lose 10 pounds. I tell them you can probably chop your arm off like right around there and you'll lose, that's about 10 pounds, um, you know, and that's the fastest way to do it if that's what you're asking. And of course I'm doing that in jest, 
But uh, again, when I talk, when people talk about the best way to lose weight, uh, especially if they're 20 or 30 pounds overweight, is to regulate your sleep. If you regulate your sleep, that's number one. Most people, it's not even food. Food to me is number two. Sleep is number one. But if you, everything should focus on sleep. If you can get constant, solid, deep sleep, high quality sleep, which again, you can track with the whoop here. I have my discount code in the thing. Uh, but yeah, seriously, it, 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 sleep is number one. Nutrition definitely needs to get dialed in. Again, this is basic lifestyle guidelines stuff. And then, and then we're talking about movement. But yeah, movement, if you're trying to do movement and you don't have these other pieces, foundational components dialed in, and I think you and I you know, have either said this or heard it thousands and millions of times, um, you know, it, it, it just needs to constantly be said. And if somebody out there is hearing it for the first time, I, I hope, you know, it, 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 it starts to, it, it's that, that light bulb goes off for you. Yeah. So um, just myself, two years ago, I left nightlife for the first time. I've always had, as a coach, always had a couple jobs. Um, so I always bartended or managed bars. My sleep was so messed up for so long. I didn't even know what real sleep or natural sleep was or circadian rhythm or anything like that. Um, the only change I made two years ago was sleep, lost 38 pounds. One, I, I just had a baby and a bunch of other stuff. But the main factor for me getting healthier, let's not even talk about the weight loss, for me getting healthier was managing my sleep habits and sleeping at normal times. Um, and I know that's difficult for some people that still work in nightlife or, you know, work in hospitals, but it's so important. It's insanely important. Um, mm -hmm. And it's something that's probably just not even addressed as much as it should be. Yeah, because there's not a lot of money to be made there. The, the things that are required for better sleep, uh, either people can't agree on it. Uh, or, or again, there's not enough science to back it up, but at the end of the day, I think it comes down to money. Um, and again, if you go to folks who really study sleep and I actually used to work with a sleep system company, shout out to reverie sleep systems. Um, and that's the guy who actually got me in a CrossFit, Martin Rawls Meehan. Uh, he's the president of that company. Uh, so yeah, but, but you know, there, there's so much basic stuff you can do blackout curtains again, setting alarms for the right time so that you probably later on don't need alarms. Um, there's definitely nutritional components, uh, when to stop caffeine, understanding all those things, um, you know, to, to really optimize your sleep. And again, temperature of the room, uh, all, all these different things. Again, when's a good time for your nervous system to start winding down, um, you know, foam roll before bed time, timing of sauna versus ice baths and things like that. You know, there's all these different ways to definitely manipulate it. But yeah, at the end of the day, uh, it, it's just. It's, it almost seems foreign. Uh, and again, a lot of healthy behaviors have, some healthy behaviors have become a little bit more mainstream, like eating kale and smoothies and things like that, right? And now spin bike. Um, but, but yeah, I think a lot of uh, healthy things are still very like, oh, that's weird. Why are you eating liver? Like liver, oh, I don't like the taste of liver. And it's like, well, yeah, it's like one of the healthiest things you could do for your body, like to, to improve the, the length of your life, the quality of your life, but no, oh, and, and don't, don't, I, I didn't even mention heart. Don't eat heart um, and, and like lung, uh, you know, but yeah, it's, it freaks some people out. And, I, and to those people, I say, there's pills you can take. You don't even taste it. Like, don't even worry about it. Like it, it just take the pill, just like you take a multivitamin. And I think that taking those pills, by the way, I know we're on a huge tangent right now, but taking pills of, of heart, liver, kidney, uh, organ meats 
is a thousand times better than taking any multivitamin that you can you can find out there, which tend to have too much of stuff you don't need and not enough of the stuff you do need. Um, and of course, at the end of the day, a personalized, individualized uh, prescription is always going to be best. But yeah, uh, again, I'm off on my tangent to bring it back to what questions you have, and we're a little over an hour, so totally up to you if you want to save the rest for a part two. Um. I will, because I want to keep these to an hour. <laughs> um, I, I do want to keep these to an hour, but I do have a ton of other questions, and we'll talk about that. He sent me a very long list, folks. Yeah. Very long list. <laughs> um, yeah, like I, you, you've just always been my go-to. Um, you believe in science <laughs> and uh, and spent a lot of money on education. So um, Yeah, there's the, there's the questions. Yeah. <laughs> They're all there. Uh, uh, and, yes, I did spend uh, a lot of money on education. More questions. So uh, um, I think yeah. we'll um yeah and again for anyone who, who made it this far listen um you know we'd love to hear if you like this format going through the avatars if you want us to use uh more of, of you as an avatar i think we can touch base on some of that stuff or if you just want to jump on and be be the the person we talk about all these concepts yeah. about um i think that's one thing and again we've kind of touched on it with the demand better podcast uh and we're actually our next episode we're taking uh, a girl I went to high school with that my co-host Corona actually knows pretty well, Erin, uh, who's a, uh, she, she was our, she hosted us on one of the previous episodes, but we're going to pretty much do that where we're going to take her as the, the case study and we're going to say, uh, okay, so Corona's looked at you. I've looked at you in some different ways in our assessments. And now we're going to talk to her right there live as, as we're going through like, she wants to run marathon. She just ran the New York City Marathon. She had a knee brace on. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with you doing that. Uh, maybe it was necessary to run the marathon. And if she got through that, but now it's like, well, where do we go from here? How do we, if you want to keep running marathons, what's the best way to do that? For her, I'm just going to, for anyone, uh, again, if, and I don't think she's going to listen to this just yet because um, we're shooting that in, in about a week. Uh, but it's she needs to start strength training. Um, and Corona and I both agree on that. That's the spoiler alert for anybody who's going to tune into that episode. But um, yeah, but definitely just wanted to say anyone who made it this far again, for sure. We appreciate you. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, all that. But yeah, uh, ch touch base with one of us. We're pretty easy to get in contact with. You want to tell people where they can find you? Uh, yeah. So you can find me at uh, Instagram, Adam Caratini. It's my first and last name. Uh, or you can email me at adam.caratini at gmail.com. Dope. All right, guys, we will cut it out there just under a minute, an hour and 10 minutes. Um, and appreciate you, you bearing with my tangents and beautiful mind, brain and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, appreciate you guys tuning in. And we'll talk to you next time.